FOMO. I think of networking as a numbers game where, you know, you go to events virtual or in person and you literally just get cards, right? And then maybe follow up, maybe connect on LinkedIn. A connector is someone who builds a deep, meaningful relationship with someone else for the very purpose of building a deep, meaningful relationship, not with um, I'm going to get something because everyone you meet is a conduit to something, to someone, to something you did not know, to something you did not know about yourself. That's Susan McPherson, serial connector and author of The Lost Art of Connecting. I'm your host, Patrick McGinnis, and this is FOMO Sapiens. When the world's spinning out of control, it can be impossible to know what to do and what to miss out on. That's called FOMO, which is short for fear of missing out. How do I know? Because I coined the term, and I'm the world's first FOMologist. And this is the show where I ask entrepreneurial thinkers, people I call FOMO sapiens, how they live and work with conviction no matter what life throws at them. FOMO. FOMO. Welcome back to FOMO sapiens. It's so good to be here with you this week. And if you're like me, you are starting to see people in the real world. I mean, it was never thought it would happen, but here we are. And I got to tell you, it's hard and it's awkward. I have said some stuff that I'm like, what are you talking about, Patrick? Like the next morning, I'm sort of thinking through the day before and I'm sort of like, why did I say that thing to that person? It was just awkward. And so I just want to tell you, and if you've seen, there's been a couple of skits on SNL about this. There's people, it's like you're talking about your vaccine for 10 minutes, like, oh, I got Moderna, my arm hurt. That's not interesting. So what I want to do today is help all of us, including myself, figure out how to reestablish normal contact in the real world. And that's why I've got a very special guest here with me today. Her name is Susan McPherson, and she is a serial connector, seasoned communicator, and founder and CEO of McPherson Strategies, a communication consultancy focused on the intersection of brands and social impact with clients like Intel, the Tiffany Foundation, Global Citizen Year, and JCPenney. She is also the author of The Lost Art of Connecting, The Gather, Ask, Do Method for Building Meaningful Connections. And we're going to talk with her about, you know, she's an expert connector, so she can help us think about how to deeply connect with people, make meaningful connections, and not just rack up the business cards or rack up the, the old Facebook followers or Instagram connections or whatever it is for you. She also is an expert in communicating, so she can help all of us think about how to manage our, you know, for example, if you have a business and you want to have PR and tell a story, how can we think through doing that more effectively? Because I can tell you something I've learned the hard way that if you don't have the right message, it is not going to resonate with anyone. Now, I want to move on to our small ask real quick. And the ask for today is save a friend. If you like this episode and you find value in it, which I think you will, share it with somebody you know who is just not doing very well getting back into the real world. Maybe they were a little awkward at the party. Maybe they were the one who said something weird. Send it to them and you will help them out, and it will be great because then they'll also discover the podcast, and maybe they'll continue listening and become a FOMO sapiens just like you. And now onto the interview. So what I love about Susan is that she is a connector. I've known her. Actually, I met her earlier this year through some other stuff, and she knows everybody, and she immediately helped me out with a bunch of stuff, so it's just kind of who she is. And so just to get started, I wanted to get inside her head a little bit, so I asked her the following question. Susan, you are a serial connector. So what do you do differently than other people and why do you think you do that? 
Well, I was raised by two serial connectors way back when, probably um, long before you were born, um, late 60s, early 70s. And the usual situation in the Spectre household, which is my maiden name, was trying to find real estate on the breakfast table because both my parents were clipping rapidly and furiously the five local newspapers plus yesterday's New York Times. And they were clipping so that they could then put in envelopes with little typewritten missives saying, thinking of you, thought of you. <laughs> and this went on for years. And honestly, my father, who passed in 2008, continued all the way using a manual typewriter till 2007. So it was inbred, I guess, if that's a word, in me uh, as a child. And I just assumed everyone did it. I remember when I first read uh, the Malcolm Gladwell, when he wrote about connectors, I think in the tipping point, and he talks about somebody who had gone to a restaurant and they liked it. So they told 37 people. And I was like, well, doesn't everybody do that? <laughs> and I just realized. <laughs> well, it's a lot. I mean, I will say it's a lot easier today with our technology, but Malcolm Gladwell also wrote what is now a very infamous article, famous, infamous, um, about a woman named Lois Weisberg who was actually featured in my book, who was known as the connector of Chicago um, throughout her lifetime, where she literally connected people, not just in her own, you know, what her vert, whatever industry she was in, but all walks of life and literally created tapestries of people. So is this, I mean, so you, you, you were taught this at the breakfast table. I don't know where I got mine from, but uh, do you think this is nurture or nature? And if you are an introvert, right? If you, you're like a shy person, can you still be a connector? I absolutely think you can be a connector. You may not be a master networker. There is a difference. And I think of networking as a numbers game where, you know, you go to events virtual or in person and you literally just get cards, right? And then maybe follow up, maybe connect on LinkedIn. A connector is someone who builds a deep, meaningful relationship with someone else for the very purpose of building a deep, meaningful relationship, not with, um, I'm going to get something because everyone you meet is a conduit to something, to someone, to something you did not know, to something you did not know about yourself. I remember when I first started quote unquote networking and I would come back from some event and I'd have like, cause people used to give out business cards. Remember those old days? Like I think the pandemic <laughs> killed the business card, by the way. Like I don't want to touch your business card. I don't care if everybody's been vaccinated, but I remember I come back with a stack of business cards and I throw them on the table and then I keep doing that. And then by the end of the month, you're kind of like, well, I should do something with these. And you're like, who are all these people? Right. And there right. is this culture of collecting connections rather than doing anything with them. And so the whole point of this book is to say something completely different, which is, you know, you, it's not about the numbers. It's about doing something real. So take us into the kinds of things that you recommend to people who actually want to make real connections. Sure. Well, the number one theme that actually is woven through the entire book is leading with how can I be of help? Rather than what I think what you just addressed was when we used to go to that, when I say we used to, I mean, this is something that will go on, but that notion of what can I get? What can, what, what can I walk away from with? And I sincerely recommend that you pivot and instead lead with 
the questions of how can I be helpful to you? What's going on in your life? Where are you right now that you feel you could be using a little step up, a little connection, a little introduction? And if so, I might be able to be helpful to you. All right. So let's play this out actually in real time. I'm, this is, I'm making this up on the fly, but I just had this idea and I want to, I want to play it out. So, cause actually you and I have met before. So this is not the first time yeah. we met. We were introduced by somebody and I learned about you and I was like, you got to come up with Homo sapiens, right? So, so that we already had that in common, but let's just say the year is 2021. It's the late fall and you and I are at some conference together and, you know, I just kind of saunter up. I'm like, Hey, how are you? It's so nice to meet a real person again in a physical space. And we start chatting. How would you then approach the conversation in a way that you can kind of figure out how to do something meaningful to build that meaningful connections? Sure. sure. Well, if it's fall of 2021, I would imagine we are just on the cusp of returning. Okay. So this might be one of the first few outings, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I would probably say to you, Patrick, how did you, how was this last year for you? Now, really? And how are you feeling now that it's behind us? All right, I'm going to answer you. Let's do this. Like, okay, okay, Susan, let me tell you something. This last year was an education. I think I learned, number one, that as an extrovert, I need to be among people. But I also learned that as somebody who has FOMO, that actually having to focus and be at home has been actually a great education and I become, become a much more productive person. Is there anything you wish you had done more of over the year that you? Uh, Yeah, there definitely is. I think the things that I missed out on over the year were meeting people who could be great guests on my podcast. You know, that was harder when I was stuck at home and just, you know, wasn't able to go out into the world and, and meet people in real time. Well, you know what? I happen to run a consulting firm that does social impact and we have some of the coolest clients known to mankind. And I bet you, I might be able to introduce you to some folks who might be good guests. And not only that, might be able to be able to draw even higher listener listening numbers to your podcast. I'm being silly, but I know. And, and then I say, and then I say, okay, I'm going to pay for this round because you just helped me. And it's true. Like that actually, I mean, we, I, that, I didn't think you were going to go there, but that's actually a pretty good point. Um, uh, what, what, let's imagine that we did that conversation again. What might I have done? Like, say, say I had answered that differently. Could I have answered those questions in a way where it was impossible for you to help me? Of course. I mean, this is never, nothing's perfect, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I am sure I am that obnoxious person that continues to ask questions um, because that is where I'm most comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Then, of course, it's then the onerous isn't on me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, again, I'm, I'm digressing. But I, I think you know, one of the things is we are woefully bad at listening. Okay. I was very careful to listen to, to, to what you were saying. And, you know, if we were in a crowded room, that might've been a little bit more challenging than, than on this conversation. Um, but I think, I think what, what I think we did was totally natural and normal. And I think the, the, if you notice my response immediately was to go to where I could be helpful. Um, and, the most important thing, though, would be then tomorrow actually following through or the next week. It doesn't have to be the next day. I just personally, I find with everything going on that sometimes it's easiest to do right away or at least make a note to yourself. And the other thing I recommend, um, not that you asked for it, if I said I could do something and then I can't do it, don't ghost people. Literally come back and say, you know what, Patrick, I can't do that right now. 
I kind of was a little, I, I exaggerated a bit. We don't have a whole bunch of interesting clients right now, but when we do, I'm going to come back to you and I'm going to offer them up. Yeah. The etiquette of this is so important. You've just made a really good, yeah. a good example of how ghosting is inappropriate. And one of the things that I notice is I'm always introducing people to other people and I'm sure you are too. And I tell people- It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Right. And I'm happy to do it. But then, <laughs> so they say, can you introduce me to XYZ? And I say, sure, just send me an email that I can forward, make yeah. it easy for me. Right. right. And then they respond to that email- and say, okay, and they write their little blurb. And then I always respond back to them and I say, please send a fresh email. Like, it's like little things. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's, dive, let's talk a little about, about I'm thinking of my pet peeves here. Let's think a little bit about the <laughs> etiquette of when you are in a network situation, when you're, when you're building a relationship with somebody, when you're asking for favors or helping with other people, what are some of the basic things that we should do or not do to make life easier for the other person? Sure. I think that, well, first of all, erase the statement, can I pick your brain? That just, just, just <laughs> okay, tell me, why is that? that? Unpack that for me. <laughs> but I will say, you can still pick people's brain. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, there's a thousand ways to say it without saying it that way. Okay. But I think it, it again, it goes back to lead with how you can be helpful first. Mm -hmm. If you can be helpful to people, they will let you pick their brain. If you show them, right up front, very truthfully and honestly, that you are there, it is a reciprocal reciprocity relationship, then you know what? My brain is for the picking. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think, I mean, yes, I, and I'm not, um, you know, a, 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 what is it? A manners, you know, Miss Manners. I mean, that, that isn't, I think, I think I've learned, you know, I'm 56 years old and I've learned a lot in my, in my 56 years. Um, I've learned to actually say my age. I mean, that's a big deal. Um, <laughs> but, but I do think, you know, it, it, it is, it's being human. It's being kind. It's leading with kindness and leading with how do you want people to treat you should be how you want. Uh, and common sense. I mean, your, your point about yes, responding back and not in a, in a fresh email, it happens all the time. And I think it's not because people, I, I, people aren't, I don't want to say, they're not stupid. I think people are just so busy, they don't stop to think. So I think to be, to put your, put your connector hat on, if you want to be easy to be connected to, do the things that make it easy to be connected to. Be kind, be thoughtful, be considerate, be inquisitive, and listen. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO. netsuite.com slash FOMO. I also think it's kind of the basic idea of a lot of times when we're doing connections with people, they're people that we have a friendly relationship with that we want to be friends with. And so we start to move the communication into the friend zone 
and out yeah. of the business zone. And so as yeah. you, th- and, and by the way, FOMO sapiens, if you want me to introduce you to somebody, happy to do it, but send a fresh email and remember that until, you know, we're hanging out and we're old friends, this is a business relationship. It's a cordial one and we're getting to know each other, but it's better to approach it from a business perspective. That way you're a little bit, maybe a little bit more formal, but you're, you know, there's no typos, it's formatted and all the things that make you come across as much more credible. Mm-hmm. Now, Susan, mm-hmm. as, as we're talking, you made it clear the value of offering to help, right? And I think anybody who's on the receiving end of that is very thankful. Now, I want to tell you, I talk to a lot of people who are connectors, and this is the thing they always tell me. Patrick, I make so many connections. I'm always introducing people. And you know what? I feel like I don't get anything back. I feel like I never monetize that. Like I'm putting out all this energy but it's like I'm spending my life solving other people's problems and getting nothing in return, which I think, and by the way, I am, I totally know what that feels like. Um, and so how do we get into a space where we're actively helping other people, but yet we're creating the conditions where that can come back to us? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you through my own life experience, sure. um, my business now is eight years old. And I should say our business because I have a remarkable um, team of employees, which you have had the pleasure to interact with a couple of them. And eight years in, 98% of the business has been inbound. I, I think your listeners can understand how that happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was from years of thinking, if not thinking, oh, what am I getting from introducing these people? Um, and I can tell you the meetings that I took, the introductions that I made at age 25, at age 35. The thought of at age 48 that I was going to be founding a business and being an entrepreneur could not have been further from the ethosphere of my brain. So there was no kind of intentional, like, I'm doing this, what's going to, you know, how am I going to be rewarded for it? It has reward and it continues to reward. So I would say, yes, sometimes it can be thankless and sometimes it feels like you're only, but I can 100% guarantee with what I, I can see on paper that that old adage, what goes around comes around, is true. There will be times, of course, that people are going to take and not give back. But overall, it it will work in your favor. Now, do you ever sit back and try to actually analyze? I mean, this would be quite an undertaking for somebody who knows as many people as you, but almost sit back and think, well, like, here's all the people I've helped in my life or in the last year, and here's all the people who helped me, and is there an overlap? Do you have any sense for that? Because what I found um, in, 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 over the years it, it, is that some, it's interesting, like you have certain people in your life who you're constantly giving to and they give you nothing back. And then you have a lot of other people in your life who you gave a little something and they go way out of the way to help you out. And it's kind of weird. It's like this asymmetric response, right? Have you, have you seen similar things or how do you think about that? Well, actually through the research in the book, Mm -hmm. um, I learned that actually people you've never even met are actually helping you. So sometimes when you help somebody, you may think that person isn't helping, but a connection of that person actually is indirectly helping you, okay? And I know it's hard to get our brains around that, but, you know, the thing is, is they could have told someone in passing that you were helpful. And then that person who's never met you, Patrick, but actually then, you know, heard your name and then tuned into your podcast and added to your listening audience, okay? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just making this up on the fly, but I mean, that's a perfect example. And, and in your earlier question, no, I've, I've actually never sat down because I think it's just too, like, grandiose of an experiment. But I will say the exercise of writing the book and 
going back into my, you know, ancient brain and going back into early stories of my professional life, it did start to crystallize just how many people have been helpful over the years. People that I had forgotten about, people that in some way, you know, through the magics of technology have reappeared. Um, so I, I think it, 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 it definitely, and, and for those of your listeners who read the book, they'll, they'll see there are lots of human stories. There's interviews with um, 30 or so characters who actually share how they have made connecting, you know, and had I known you before, you would have been in the book. <laughs> Want to be in the next one. <laughs> you bet. Although I don't think that's happening anytime soon. <laughs> uh, now, uh, I'm wondering, did you think about how this differs across cultures or across generations? Because, you know, as somebody, as many of my listeners know, I've worked all over the world. And in some places, being really forthcoming with people and saying like, how can I help you? Would, would, you know, it's like, whoa, who the heck do you think you are? You know, you don't even know me. Uh, well, how do you think uh, this, this changes as you move into different cultural contexts? Well, the first section of the book is all gab is called gather. Mm -hmm. and, um, and there's many facets to gather, but one of the most important thing is, is do the self audit of where you are in your life, physically, generationally, what you want to happen over the next three or four years, what you want to have happen over the next three months, and what is the community that you want to create around you. Mm -hmm. And obviously, much of that will be grounded in where you are in the world or where you plan on going. And I am a big believer in reading the room, you know, in, in a very um, hypothetical sense. So, you know, if you are in a culture where it, it is inappropriate to be inquisitive, asking a lot of questions, then don't do it. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't want to put anyone in an uncomfortable situation in terms of generational. You know, another part of the gather and this this has something to do with generation is is to figure out what your secret sauce is. What what is your chief differentiating factor? What makes you special? And oftentimes that is the othering of us that makes us special. Um, and when you're young, sometimes you don't want to even have to talk about that. Right. Because you want to be like everyone else. But. That is the time to actually, even more so, embrace your your special secret sauce. And I've I've talked to a lot of young folks who are like, oh, wait, I'm 22. What the heck could I ever offer up? As in, you know, how can I help to somebody who's in their 50s? And I, my first word is TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the, the, believe, I mean, the, the, uh, reading Google Maps in, in a more efficient way, figuring out how to use Squadcast more efficiently. I mean, there's a zillion things, but but it takes doing that self-reflection. Yeah, you need to have those people in your life. And, and this is yes. something I've learned. It's like I have a good friend who's like in, you know, kind of like 30, who knows how to use all the Sonos and all has yeah. like, you know, all the tech and then I've got, uh, you know, other people in my life who are much older than me and have all kinds of like life experience on, you know, some complex, you know, like really crazy stuff and you can go to them. And so having people around you yes. and uh, that are your squad that have these differentiated skill sets and that you can contribute back into where it's not. And then it's not about giving and taking and asking and, and no. it's just about like people knowing where to go for help and then offering it freely because they know that this is sort of a reciprocal relationship. That's like the place you want to get to, right? That is exactly what that this get, gather ass do is all about. And it's not something you do once. And it's not something that is like linear, like I'm going to do the gather today and the ass tomorrow. 
it, it is, it's a livelihood, basically. Tudo bem, meus queridos fomos sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. What do you do? Uh, I had this really funny, awkward moment recently where I had a call with somebody, really impressive person that I was introduced to. We, it was one of these, like, we, we didn't really have an agenda. We were just kind of chit-chatting a little bit. And then at the end of the call, he says to me, how can I help you? And I was sort of like, I don't know, like... <laughs> buy all my no. books right like I, I don't know like you know give me five stars for the podcast but it really was i my answer to him which probably was not i don't know if it was a good answer or a bad answer i said listen nothing right now but if anything changes i'll come back to you do you think i mean did i blow it there or how would you think about it? is there a good response that one should have because i feel like if one's meeting somebody like you who is really great helper and then, you know, when they when, when we're offered help, we kind of freak out a little bit, was what I did. Mm -hmm. Then we're mm -hmm. wasting an opportunity. So what's your advice to me for that one? You didn't waste an opportunity. You would waste an opportunity if you didn't follow up okay. and, and ask again. And quite frankly, I think it is, it, it, in my book, it's better to be actually thoughtful and give it some thought rather than just thinking on, you know, something off the top of your head that might actually not be something you really need. Okay. Yeah, like I could use I could use a hug yeah. right now. Just give me a hug. Yeah. That would be weird. Well, you know what? If you'd said that, that would have actually been lovely. Um and and not and, in a pandemic. That, yeah, no, that's that very true. But a virtual hug is totally, yeah. totally doable. But I think you have now the door is open, right? Like that person actually gives you a, a tremendous opportunity to then respond. And actually you're helping him because you are responding. And you heard him, right? There, there, there's an acknowledgement and the importance of showing people you've seen them, you've mm -hmm. heard them. That's true. And you know, one of the things that, that I like to do, even if I'm not offering like a specific help is I love to recommend books or articles to people, kind of like your parents did. Um, yeah. That's one thing I think we all can do is just, you know, when you meet somebody, if you start to chat with them and maybe you're like, I don't know, it could be that you met somebody that you think, wow, what could I ever do for this person? I don't even know TikTok. But if there's something you've read or seen that you think is insightful and you share it with oh them, it's such a it's such a low friction give, but it can really make a difference. Even just when you follow up, mentioning something you actually talked about during your conversation to relay the fact that you listened to the person is 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 a massive step in the right direction. I love it. All right, let's move on to uh, the topic that you are an expert in besides this. You're an expert in a lot of things, but you run a communications firm, you know, public relations. It's really at the intersection of 
businesses that are, you know, doing business, but also have social impact. And many of the people listening to the show right now, I know that they are, you know, they are dealing with the, uh, the challenge of getting the word out there, telling the story about what they do if they're an entrepreneur or you know, working mm-hmm. in a company. And this is what you do all day long. And it, for the, for, if you have never worked in PR, and thankfully I've had some experiences now to build some, some knowledge and it's like, it is one of these things that once you sort of see the matrix, it becomes clearer. But when you're on the outside, it just seems very confusing. So say one of our listeners is looking to hire somebody to help them, a PR firm or internal. What are the mm-hmm. kinds of things that they should look for? And what can they, what's realistic to expect? I mean, it's like people think they're going to be a New York Times cover tomorrow. That is probably not realistic. So what's no. a realistic success <laughs> in, in, in this kind of campaign? Well, first of all, I I, I need to um, just kind of uh, c- gently um, correct the record in that yes, we use PR, yeah, but we help organizations communicate their impact. Mm-hmm. So there are multitudes of beautifully brilliant public relations firms that will help you get press. Mm-hmm. Where we will help you get press is if you are authentically, honestly doing social impact work, mm-hmm. okay? Whether that is bettering the environment, whether that is funding causes, whether that's investing in um, in people of color who are building businesses, that is the kind of impact work. So I, I just wanted to make sure. Um, but I would tell your listeners who are looking to get, you know, what a quote-unquote press, that the first and most important thing is, is don't talk about it until you've done it. Have a story, have something that is already that 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 is it has been done rather than something you're hoping to do right um because for you always are going to want proof in the pudding you're going to want other people other you, you, customers clients fu- uh, grantees to be the ones telling your story and that can only be be happening if you've actually made stuff happen Okay. So that, that is before, you know, before even engaging, um, I do highly, highly, highly recommend, however, whether that you hire internally or use external resources that being very intentional about your communications is an absolute must have in the world we're living in. Okay. Um, it, 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 you know, it's right up there with, you know, having a good CFO and a good lawyer, (laughs) And when I was growing up, a good plumber. <laughs> but um, to me, that is that is vitally important. But but be, really have that story down. What what is it that you are offering? What what different? And of course, in my world, what difference are you making in in the world? Yeah, it looks. I think a lot of times we see these things. We're like, oh, look at them. They're in the paper. Lucky, lucky. No, it's it is communication strategy work. It's figuring out a story. It's knowing the right people. It's crafting it. It is tons of hard work. There are few accidents in the world. Few people just go viral. It is, it is a layered strategy. And and once you realize that, first of all, it's, then you're like, oh man, this is going to be tiring, but then you can try to do it. So that's, that's really good advice. The book is The Lost Art of Connecting, The Gather, Ask, Do Method for Building Meaningful Business Relationships. The website is thelostartofconnecting.com. And the author is Susan McPherson. Susan, thanks so much for being here. Patrick, this was just such a joy. Truly grateful. Thank you. FOMO. Big news. We now have a brand new website. So head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. Also, head over to Spotify where you can find and follow playlists of the best of the show. 
You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you, so don't be shy. FOMO Sapiens is recorded in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis, and editing and post-production is by Josh Elstro. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at FOMOSapiens.com and at PatrickMcGinnis.com. To advertise on FOMO Sapiens, reach out to contact at FOMOSapiens.com. FOMO.